This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. Welcome to Emergence News. Welcome to this edition of the programme. Today we're going to take a look at and ask the question, capitalism, success or failure? We're going to take a look at the curse of commercialisation. What is the effect of this curse? But before we get started, a bit about us. Share International is a global organisation full of volunteers We pay no subscriptions, no fees, no tithing. We do not charge any fees to learn how to meditate. The information we offer is free and we place no pressure on you to accept our message. It is up to you if this information sits comfortably with you or otherwise. Our message is essentially a message of hope, which in this time of anxiety, stress and tension is much needed. If Helena Blavatsky, Helena Roerich, or Alice Bailey, or Krishnamurti, or perhaps Benjamin Krem are names that are familiar to you, then you will understand that a teacher is among us and has been in the gradual process of emerging for quite some time. This teacher is called Maitreya. If you are a Buddhist, you will be familiar with that name. The Buddhists are expecting the return of the Maitreya Buddha soon, aren't they, John? Mm, yeah. And many other religions are expecting the return or emergence of a special teacher. Now, Maitreya holds an important post and office within the spiritual hierarchy. His priorities are to eradicate poverty on earth and hunger. It's ironic because this planet has plenty to feed all. Other priorities of Maitreya's include education for all, health care for all, and to stop all wars. To abandon all war, peace must be established, and to achieve this we must live a more simple existence where the principle of sharing all resources is the answer to establishing trust between communities, nations, and therefore governments. One other priority is the restoration of our planet and putting a stop to the exploitation of our environment for short-term profit. Many of these issues are familiar to you because these issues are in our news bulletins every day. They're in our face. Maitreya looks at our world and sees billions of people suffering, striving, competing, all different actions, some positive, but some deeply negative. A new system of sharing the resources of the world, according to Maitreya, is a question of distribution. Everyone will be better for it. The people of the third world will, of course. There will be less crime and drug abuse. Cities will be healthier and better to live in. 
Sharing is a priority because unless we do it, we will destroy this planet. The youth, the young people, they understand this. Some of our young ones look at our local and central government leaders and cannot understand why we persist with old, worn-out, dysfunctional political and economic systems. More on that shortly. Joining me on today's programme is John, another Christchurch Share International volunteer. And John, you're going to be looking and examining capitalism and materialism. Well, interestingly enough, uh, when you when you talked about this topic, it strikes right at the heart of Benjamin Krem's esoteric view of the world and Maitreya's teachings, that actually the way we manage ourselves, the way we manage our communities, and the way we manage this planet is actually destructive. And I don't think you have to spend too long looking out the window at dear old planet Earth to realise that there's an awful lot of um, destruction economically, environmentally, and dare I say it, emotionally. And of course, um, the dysfunctional political and economic systems that we have, they've become actually quite hazardous addictions, haven't they? Absolutely. And they're tied to one behaviour, and that behaviour is we live on a spaceship called Earth and we spend most of our day chopping it up and selling it to each other, backwards and forwards, backwards Mm. and forwards. We're actually selling, chopping up and selling the spaceship that we contain our lives on. It's um, bizarre behaviour. Well, Benjamin Krem, Maitreya, they refer to it as tyranny. And our history is full of political and economic mm. tyranny, isn't it? And I've been following the Maitreya story for a very long time, and his language around this topic is very, very strong indeed. So we'll discover some more of that as we go on, Nigel. John's next with more on Emergence News. Okay, look, thanks, Nigel. Uh, Great intro. This is a topic that I get really excited about, and then I move from excitement to anger and frustration. So if I start ranting, just squirt that water bowl at me to calm me down, Uh, because this topic frustrates me um, endlessly. Okay, so I went to... There's a couple of... And I'm going to use the word Bibles, and I hope I don't offend anyone... Uh, there's a couple of books written by Benjamin Krem. They're called Maitreya's Mission. Volume it's actually one, three. Yeah, volume one, volume two, volume three. And when I'm um, uh, investigating this story, that's often where I find myself mm. ferreting around. So in front of me, I've got volume two. And I've gone to chapter four, Economic Change, and it's called Maitreya's Forecasts. But anyway, he talks about market forces. Maitreya says are the forces of wickedness, confusion, and chaos. And its children are competition and comparison. Freedom is not found in the free play of market forces, for market forces have no eyes. They are blind and satanic, leading inevitably to the ideas of mine and more, that is, to possessiveness and greed without end. Market forces will bring this civilization as we've known it to the edge of disaster. And I'd like to suggest now to our listeners, and it's an idea that I am more than comfortable with, is that the civilization that we find ourselves in globally is collapsing. Well, it's in the latest Share International magazine that many other times throughout our long history, when man has lost his way, but never until now has man strayed so far from his destined path. Look, Nigel, that's the a, biggest... That's a, that, that quote is so topical yeah, right now, isn't it? Right. 
the biggest industry on this planet is armaments, mm. right? That's what we spend most of our money on on this planet. We've just finished a disastrous, inhumane 20-year war in Afghanistan, and already we're lining up the Ukraine. It is it is insane behaviour, and, and you can probably tell by my voice it gets me wound up. But anyway, market forces, Maitreya tells us, have created social and natural havoc. People have been condemned to death literally in the name of profit and loss. Hospitals have been shut because they're not profitable. Schools have difficulty in staying open. These institutions are essential for the health and well-being of society. Maitreya goes on to say, the new creed of the superpowers has become the economy, which is the soul of commercialisation. This represents a serious new threat to the world, Maitreya warns, one that could even compromise human life. Commercialisation is more destructive than any nuclear bomb. The quality of commercialisation is greed. And when I was a young lad, greed was one of the seven deadly sins. And at some point, it's become a virtue. At some to be point, admired yes. and, to, and to attain to and to keep up, to we keep raise, up with... Yeah. We raise the acquisition of wealth mm. above the norm. Mm. We make them, we call them captains of industry. And, and their behaviour, their business behaviour does not stand scrutiny. And so Maitreya goes on to say that making money while others starve is, is normal, is normalised. And he says this energy will affect all nations. And we see that. Uh, the UN tells us that the planet produces um, 10% more food for the population. Um, but we have people starving. There's 80% of the population on the planet don't have enough to eat. So this idea that planet Earth is for sale, this idea that buying and selling is the reason for my existence, uh, I was given a very strong message as a young boy that to get a job, a good job for 40 years, was the reason for living. So we're indoctrinated very, very early on, very, very early on, that the earning of income is the wherewithal to life. It's vital. And the uh, acquisition of material wealth is the reason that we stand upon the planet. And where we measure success. Yeah, we measure success. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure that everybody knows, uh, apparently affluent people who are quite unhappy. So it is obvious that we've damaged the environment. I don't think there's any dispute there. Uh, we have a very shaky global economy, be it local, regional or national. Globally, it's very shaky. We can see that the pandemic has shown us that the supply lines driven by capitalist thought, capitalist philosophy, are very, very shaky indeed. And we can see that emotionally and mentally humanity is not doing well. And the mental health issues, the family harm issues in this country stem from this fracturing of our belief system. Commercialisation is our new god. Material, materialism is our new deity. And of course, with the pandemic, how long will it take before our governments realise that we are going to be picking up the ball and trying to mend the problem forever mm. unless we start... Mm to look at who needs to be vaccinated, mm. everybody, mm. not just my own population, mm. not just my own yeah, city. It's a global, it's a global issue. Yeah. So, as, think... so as long as we've got countries, the poor countries that can't afford to, roll, to uh, administer a, a vaccine rollout, we've got a problem. Mm. That's not going to go away. 
commercialisation and its child capitalism create and form and maintain separation. Because under that model, I can only do well by taking from others. That concept of sharing is anathema to that capitalist model, if you like. So, and, and we consider that the only way to behave and manage this planet. And that idea of separation, that idea of I'm all right, Jack, um, which is a, is a classic New Zealand Kiwi saying, is actually causing us problems. Capitalism supports individual endeavour at the cost to others. And there's that classic saying uh, within that commercial environment, it's just business, it's only business. And that phrase justifies all sorts of appalling behaviour. It's just business, it's not personal, it's just business. It's a terrible way to, to behave and it is causing and caused us all sorts of grief. And, so, the, co- and the consequences, of course, are... Uh in our daily news bulletins, on our TV screens, on our radio, all the time, you know, the talkback is covered with how we're going to fix these problems. And they are all a result of this decay of our civilization. One of the things that Noam Chomsky talks about is that ability to limit the debate. So we don't have a debate around how to manage countries and how to manage Uh, the planet because that's limited by the political systems that we find ourselves struggling with. I'm going to go back to um, Maitreya's mission, volume three this time, Benjamin Krem. He goes on to say we're in the middle of a major economic crisis. Now this was written way back in 1997. He talks about this former Soviet Union. The Russian people are now feeling the pains of a market forces economy. Like people everywhere, they are seeking the freedom to express their livingness. Their livingness, and they're not getting it. Benjamin Crane goes on to say they will not get it through capitalism any more than through communism. He talks about them being extremes. Capitalism is extreme. Communism is extreme. So when we look at how we manage the planet, are there other answers? And so what Benjamin Krem was talking about way back in 1997, before I knew of Bernie Sanders, who's probably one of the more well-known vocalists on the third option, um, he talks about it will come through a blending of the best of capitalism and of communism, a social democracy or a democratic socialism in which that which pertains to the community as a whole is owned and administered by the community as a whole, and that which pertains to the individual is left to the private enterprise of the individual to develop to the best of his ability. It is not either or, it is a fusion of the two. And one of the things that capitalism has done is owned the media, so it's owned the global voice. And so we're not offered options. Uh, Our food chains are capitalist endeavour. Our um, energy systems are capitalist endeavour. So there's no negotiation around another way. Uh, We're in the midst of moving from electric, uh, from fossil fuels to electric cars. And I know, Nigel, you've got an electric car, right? Um, I found out recently that when the first combustion engine was developed, it was also an electric car developed. Right, an electric engine at the same time. Yeah, the, 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 that thinking, that technology has actually been around a long time. Yeah, but those that were involved with the combustion engine found and owned the oil wells mm. and promoted that technology mm. over electric cars. 
I think, honestly, we should have had an electric vehicle fleet probably 15 years ago, maybe longer. But the fossil fuel industry is fighting a vicious uh, rearguard action to keep us away from other options. Well, it's really interesting. Back in the 1960s when I was growing up in Dunedin, we had electric bus system, trolley buses. You did too. We had them here in Christchurch back in the day. Yeah. We and, really did. I and I think the trams it. were electric yes. as well, weren't they? Yep. Here in Christchurch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and now, of course, we've got the, electric buses. We've got the electric buses <laughs> back here. In good, Christ- on, good on yeah. Christchurch. Mm-hmm. We've now got a, a, a fleet emerging of electric buses. Mm-hmm. But that's part of that commercialisation that's thrust upon us. Um, if, if I'm an extremely wealthy person and I want to become wealthier or maintain my position, one of the ways I can do that is own the voice own the story, and I do that by buying media. Uh, I did a course in media studies many years ago at the university uh, with a man called um, Jim Carrey, I think his name was, and he said that global media was owned by nine corporations at that time, and we're the same here in New Zealand. So that, that voice, that constant message we're getting is a reflection of this current philosophy, which is commercialization and capitalism to manage our planet. There are other ways of doing things, and uh, what we are seeing globally is a new voice coming through. People like Bernie Sanders are saying, hold on, this isn't working. The evidence is very clear. Let's look. And what I like about Bernie Sanders is he's saying a fusion, a fusion, this idea of democratic socialism or social democracy or whatever you want to phrase it. I like the term um, social democracy. Run that idea around your head a little bit. Social democracy. Uh, I like that concept. And I think that may be something we're starting to look at more and more. Certainly, the voice of the people is being heard around disgruntlement with the current way we manage the planet. Particularly the youth. Particularly the youth. They're the new Toyotas. Okay, how does that analogy work? (laughs) Okay, shall we talk about that when we come back? Okay, the curse of commercialisation. We'll continue that topic in just a moment. This is the Emergence News on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org. Welcome back to Emergence News. And, John, the Toyota analogy, please. Uh, yes. OK, so there's a, there's a couple of angles around this. I like to think of God as Mr. Toyota. All right? So Toyota produces uh, four-wheel drive utes. They sell them all over the world, right? So this is the first part of the analogy. They sell them all over the world, but the American model versus the model sold in Dubai versus the model sold in New Zealand, Australia and Great Britain are slightly different, but it's cosmetic, right? So the American model might have more chrome. The English model might look a bit more subdued, but it's the same truck. Well, I feel humanity's the same, right? God is Toyota, and actually, we all a little bit look a little bit different culturally, externally, but underneath with the same truck, right? That's how I started with this analogy. And then I thought about young people, children. I've got a, a teenage daughter who's not a feral animal, by surprise. Uh, and I know parents that have teenagers that are feral animals, so I'm not speaking to you directly here. But let's look at children as Toyotas, right? They've got four wheels, they've got roofs, windscreen wipers and steering wheels. They look similar. They look similar, Nigel, but they are very, very different. They operate differently. You look at uh, the car you drive. It looks like a car from the outside, right? It's completely different. Yeah? 
And so our children are that new model. And so when we're dealing with children, we have to be very careful because they look like us, but they don't operate this Very way. true, very true. Uh, the kids... The, the the kids are better educated. Yeah, they're much more aware of their environment. Yes, you know they're aware of issues which I didn't even consider until I was, you know, yeah. leaving school. Yeah, yeah. So look how politically driven some of the children are today. Well, they're much more well informed as well. And most of the people in America that respond emotionally to Bernie Sanders' views. Mm, good point. Are those young people the, the new breed Toyotas? Mm, new breed Toyotas. Mm. They've got different software, Nigel. Mm. Uh, and the other thing too that I've noticed is they're able to update their software much more quickly than we are. I think my hard drive's a bit clunky. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's harder for me to ingest new information. But my daughter is like a seal in the zoo. I can throw her fish of ideas and she leaps out of the water and grabs them and consumes them, shakes them a bit to break their spine um, and uh, goes on, swims really well. They're phenomenal to be around. But anyway, back to commercialisation. The curse of commercialisation. This is a article or a reading that's in the latest issue of Share International magazine. It's by the master through Benjamin Krem. If men are to save this planet from the results of global warming, they must do infinitely more than is planned to limit the carbon emissions in a shorter period of time than is generally accepted as necessary. Men have been slow to recognise the dangers, and even now many refuse to take the problem seriously. Such attitudes, there is no doubt, put in jeopardy the future of planet Earth. At most, men have 10 to 15 years in which to establish a balance before irreparable damage is done. Now, you need to note that this article was written 12 years ago. That is what staggers me about this stuff. It's so topical, but he's been writing about it for so long. So that, that fact makes this message even more urgent, the appeal and advice that has been given. So the goal... This, to achieve this goal, men must change dramatically their present way of life and embrace simpler forms of living and working. So give us an example, John, of what humanity needs to do to live more simply. We need to acknowledge that we are one. We need to acknowledge... Look, look one of the analogies I use, and here's another one coming, is we live on a, a, a planet, but it's actually a spaceship. And it's moving through the cosmos. And it's in a flotilla of other spaceships, which we call the solar system. And we're moving as one through space. So we live on a spaceship, all right? There's 195 nations. So let's say there's 195 crew members, yeah? How are we getting on? Terrible. Terrible. We right. don't acknowledge we're on the same ship, moving in the same direction, and that the wellness of the ship is dependent on the wellness of the crew. We've got a guy in one of the rooms down the bottom of the ship, calls himself USA, has got his closet stuffed with weapons. We've got a guy in another room on the ship, calls himself Brazil, is chopping down the cooling fins of the planet. We live on a spaceship. We don't know how it goes. We don't know how it runs. We don't know what makes it tick. We don't know the direction it's going in. And all we're doing is chopping up the floorboards and selling them to each other. And it's starting to cough and splutter. It's starting to cough and splutter. 
No one else is coming to save us. And whether Elon Musk believes it or not, we're not going anywhere else. Mm. Right. So we have to look after each other. And to do that, I have to see you, Nigel, as someone as myself. Someone with the same fears, the same foibles, the same de- desires. Right? Same concerns. Yep. Yep. Gone are the days in which men raped and ravaged the planet at will without the thought of the generations still to come. Neither seeing nor caring ought for the environment which has gradually and inevitably decayed. Each year and for many years, huge areas of ancient primal forest are cleared of living, giving trees for purely commercial benefits. Yeah. A la Brazil. I'm just going to cut in here. Um, I see there's a move afoot by some genius to try and invent a machine that can suck um, carbon dioxide out of the environment, right? And another wit came through and said, just grow trees, right? That's the equipment of the spaceship Mm. to keep it clean is trees. And I guess we've been deforesting this planet for a thousand years at least because I've read history that, that says that back in the day, Europe was covered in forest, deep dark, ancient forest. Britain was covered in forest. I watched a great documentary recently where they were trying to prove if Robin Hood had actually lived. The first problem they had was trying to find, find the forest. forest. Yeah, that's right. right? It's we, gone. Yeah. What happened when people came to New Zealand a couple of hundred years ago? They chopped everything down. So we've been deforesting the planet for a long time in the name of commercial endeavour, right? Uh, without any regard for the next generation. We've got to see each other as one, Nigel. So commercialisation indeed bodes ill for humanity as it tightens its grips on the throats of men. Commercialisation, here comes some strong language as predicted earlier. I'm going to brace myself. Commercialisation, says Maitreya, is more dangerous to men than the atomic bomb. Yep. And is showing its destructive power in the economic chaos which rules in the world today. How long will it take governments and their peoples to see this? How long till commercialisation squeezes the lifeblood out of humanity and itself withers and dies? More and more, the truth of these words is borne in on our minds of millions who now suddenly are jobless, are suddenly homeless and are in despair. This has produced a situation in which Maitreya can step forward into public work without infringing humanity's free will. Why is that important? Because we have free will and it is our divine aspect. And we need to be able to uh, express our divinity through free will. Patiently, Maitreya has waited many years for this time, sure in the knowledge that the events now taking place would indeed transpire. Commercialisation has bared its claws and shown its power to harm. The complacency of millions is turning into hatred and distrust of commercialisation and the old order of things. Men everywhere are at last ready for a new interpretation of the meaning and purpose of life, for sharing justice and peace, for right relationship, brotherhood and greater happiness. They are ready at last for Maitreya's call. Boom. All this information can be found on the Share International website, www.share-international.org. And also don't forget the podcasts, which are available on the Plains FM website. 
We welcome your comments, questions and feedback. Please contact us at emergencenews at gmail.com. Music